1: welcome to Fantasy Sports Today as we head toward the weekend. We got a lot to cover here on today's show. Craig Mish, Joe Pia, this is Fantasy Sports Today, right here on Sports Grid. Head over to our YouTube channel, which is of course, Sports Grid, Fantasy Sports Today, The Morning After, Scott Farrell Coast to Coast, In Game Live, The Early Line. We got programming all day long for you here on Sports Grid. So what are you waiting for? Why are you just watching this show? download uh, one of the apps so you can watch the show as well whether it is pluto tv zumo tv or stir you can also download the roku app it is free to watch on all of those and we are broadcasting 24 hours a day seven days a week a lot of our shows are live too even in the middle of a pandemic good morning joe what's
0: going on man we're awesome i mean that was quite a litany Just we, got a lot. Our own. we got a lot of stuff going on here so make sure you get on the grid for all the stuff because there's a lot of it here. And look, that best part is you can find everything. You're going to find basketball. You're going to find wagering. You're going to find fantasy. Well, you'll find everything here with me and Craig because we are full service here. We'll do a little entertainment news. We'll do a little, you know, wild and crazy things that happen. That's for sure. But uh, I think you can also find some baseball as well with Diamond We'll be and Matt Stryker on Sundays now because it looks like we're going to have baseball. But, uh, you know, it's it's going to be complicated. I think we can all agree on that.
1: Yep, it is definitely tenuous, but we're going to hope for the best. And obviously, uh, if you you know haven't been paying any attention at all, maybe you don't know, but yes, baseball is coming back. We're waiting for an opening day potentially on the 23rd or 24th of July. Uh, next week, they're calling it Spring Training 2.0. It's sort of like summer camp, to be honest with you, as it pertains to baseball. Uh, really interesting on my end, I'm starting to uh, sort of – find out what i'm going to be able to do and not be able to do but my estimation is uh is that next week that uh here in south florida the marlins camp is going to open it may be in two different places maybe in jupiter and at marlins park and they're going to split players up maybe pitchers in one spot and hitters in the other miami's just very fortunate to have a park uh you know basically within an hour and 15 minutes of them to be able to split that up but that's kind of where we're at, Joe. I, I guess I'll, I'll be able to be at a ballpark watching live games. There there are not going to be uh, any interviews in person uh, now and probably not all season long. All the interviews are going to be done on Zoom. So essentially, <laughs> from a reporter's perspective, it's going to feel a lot like a fan's perspective, where the insight that you're going to get from around the league, is going to be on your phone. I mean that's that's basically the way it's going to be. I don't I don't think unless I decide to see one of these guys in person outside of, of the park, but can I ask you a not question a lot about of that? Interaction there.
0: Because I'm, I'm really curious the way that might possibly work because you know everyone's always, you know, a little bit more brash when they don't have someone standing in front of them. Do you think like reporters might ask tougher questions or that athletes could potentially be a little bit more abrasive without another human being standing in front of them asking that question? You know, when you sort of take that Personal element out of that. I'm kind of curious. Do you feel like that there might be a, a night where things kind of go awry?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, we're we're in an unknown state with all of this. So, I mean, I, I'm not even sure how it's going to work post game because, in general, what happens after a game is that you go into the manager's office or you go into a press conference room and you interview him. And in this case, are we all going on Zoom? Like, I, I'm really unclear as to how how all the coverage is going to be. But I've asked repeatedly a lot of different questions and the question that I keep getting is, look, you're gonna get to see some sort of baseball. That's, That's good enough know. for Craig
0: Mish. That's what he wants. Just just give Craig Mish some baseball, please give him some baseball and a haircut. He's gonna be a happy guy, maybe a slice of pizza from his favorite place. That's it. He's, he's a very simple man. yeah, yeah. just pizza give him simple could be things.
1: coming up soon too because I, I mean I really I, I think I'm not sure. I think next week, there's a chance that I'll be covering something. I think that there's a shot of that next week. Now look, That's we crazy. still have a lot in front of us before all of this happens, and certainly it's really unfortunate what we're seeing around the country with spiking all over the place. And I'm hoping that people wear masks. And of course, you know, you hate to have a player even mentioned in this situation, but the Rockies have players testing positive, including Charlie Blackman and the Blue Jays, and we know the Phillies. And 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 there's gonna be a reserve list this year aside from the injured list in baseball that's going to have basically a covid uh, list of players that you can put on there that test positive and it just leads me to believe that this this fantasy season is going to be upside down it's going to be really hard and and you're going to have to be really lucky i think to win a league this year and certainly i'll do my best to give analysis as to what i think is going to happen and in the end look if you draft 20 guys or 25 guys if you're right on a couple it certainly will help you but you're going to need to have a little luck along the way and I know that happens with injuries too Joe but I think this is just sort of unprecedented you know because it's like you draft you, it, it's like you're not even responsible for your guy getting the virus it could right. be another player on a different team that gave it to him and it's and it's and it's not fair for anyone but you know life goes on we move on we got 60 games and and you know basically camp opens up next week again
0: Well, I think you've already seen uh, NFBC came out with an email just yesterday about how they're going to, I don't know if you saw it or not, but basically, you know, the higher stakes leagues and, and the adjustments they're making. So they're being proactive. I think a lot of the host sites, you know, out there where people play leagues need to add some sort of coronavirus list eligibility thing. That's not the IL because I feel like it's a different thing and I think we should treat it differently. It's not a guy getting hurt playing the game. It's a guy getting hurt through possibly no fault of his own being out. I think we need to make adjustments because it could be a rampant thing. It could affect teams enormously and you want everyone to have uh, possibilities. I also don't know what's going to do to eligibility of players too. Like how many games is somebody going to qualify because it's only 60 games you're playing all together. So should we be scaling back eligibility? There's a lot of questions here. We are going to get the DH. We are going to get a trade deadline. Uh, That's going to be in August, as uh, Craig mentioned yesterday on the show. Uh, But I think there's got to be some sort of inactive list that you add to your fantasy leagues or that fantasy league host sites need to react to this properly. And I'm continuing to work through this in my leagues, too. I'm I'm trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. Uh, I think I'm basically going to land on a situation where in my home league, my head-to-head points all play keeper uh, league where you have escalators. I think I'm going to let everybody play it out but we're going to take all the money, roll it over to next year. I think whoever wins this year, maybe next year gets their uh, their buy-in you know, sent back to them as a freebie. I think that's kind of a fun thing. Let's, let's play it out for fun, and let's not have our contracts escalate on players. You keep your five players, whoever you want, and we redraft next year. Uh, I've also heard some people say that they are basically in keeper and dynasty leagues, getting all the people together and just freezing the dynasty league. And playing a fun redraft league just because they want to play—I don't think that's a bad idea either, Craig. Do you? I,
1: I think any any idea is good, with the exception of forcing people to keep their teams. That in, in any situation outside of the dynasty format, that is ridiculous, uh, in my opinion. And I'm well, we're keeping our of,
2: teams
0: in labor and tout. <laughs> I think
1: well, that, it's it, it, that's and it's, and listen, if this is what they want to do, then fine. But it is ridiculous, and it proves nothing at the end of the season. In fact, it proves less. I mean people are going to be putting an asterisk by the World Series champion. You can throw two asterisks by the fantasy champions for 2020. <laughs> well, but it's just so so much has changed.
0: These organizations, you know, and these these expert leagues as they are referred to, do you believe they've missed the boat here to kind of Get everybody excited again and and start running these drafts. Because no, because
1: it, I think that they're going to realize that they are missing the boat and they're going to redo them.
0: You really so do so you think this? You know the emails are starting to fly around. You think? Well, no, I wouldn't buy
1: crazy. it yet. I wouldn't buy it yet. Now look, the, the we're gonna we're gonna have a little debate about this and play both sides of the reasonings mm-hmm. for and against it. and and I think that and erring on the side of caution with the possibility of this being shut down. If that's the excuse that they want to use to not redo it, to say, hey, look, what if we redo this and we get shut down again? You know, that's part of the fair conversation that's involved in this. But you can't simply tell me that you're calling yourself an expert league and you're flipping a coin and handing out a champion based on luck, because that's what 2020 is at this point. Nobody knew the DH was in, in play. I mean, somebody's benefiting from that. Right. And nobody, nobody knew that. The well, best that's the in- number
0: one thing. I think, th- I think you nailed it. That That's first and foremost, because there's a dynamic now where all of a sudden there's going to be,
1: you know, you got a bump, you got a wow. bump. I mean, there's going to be leagues where you had three guys you took in the NL that end up being DHs and you got yourself counting stats of an extra 40, 50 home right. runs on luck. I mean, come on. I mean, it's just, and, and on top of that, there's other issues and certainly injuries are part of the game, but is, is a guy is the best player in baseball. Number one pick overall in Mike Trout after two or three days, gonna, you know, say, oh, my gosh, you know, we're out of it anyway. I'm having a baby. And he is steadfast on being gone for that. Maybe he doesn't come back. Like, come on. Like, it, it has to be redone. We have to get more information out of spring training 2.0 or summer camp 2.0 that they're gonna have.
0: <laughs> and, and when then is we'll- the hiking and the kayaking that you're gonna go That's on true. with the Marlins? That's is that true. happening? I just yeah. want you to make me a nice basket for the table, please. So at some point in time, you know, mid-July... When you have it done, just send it over to me in the mail, and I'll put it out there for you know for the fall. It'll be nice little. I'll put some pumpkin things I'll, in and stuff I'll like that. I'll send you over some strawberries. For yeah. That. Oh yeah. And some iguanas. Oh yeah, yeah, dead iguanas. That's that's what I want. There's a there's a smile Amazon box waiting for me with my name on it from Craig. It's we'll, uh it's a dead we'll iguana in here. Have that. Yeah. Um,
1: so you know. So again, we'll follow baseball. But look, the one thing. That needs to be said. And I'm super excited to be able to cover it again. And who knows how far this is even going to go. It'll go a week, two weeks, a month, two months. Maybe we'll get to finish it. But when you look at what happened with golf yesterday and all of these players uh, pulling out and testing positive, and it's golf. I mean, you have to understand that anything is possible. But from a conceptual point of view... We do have the sport coming back a little bit later on in the show. John Sheeran from the FanDuel Sportsbook is going to talk about some of the offerings that they're going to be having over the next month or two. So that's very exciting, of course, for us. And uh, in addition to that, we've got NASCAR, which seems to be fighting through all of these issues and and now has basically captured the popularity of all sports in the United States. Really, I mean, NASCAR is the sport and they had an amazing race on Monday night. So Matt Sells is going to join us uh, coming up a little bit later. They're in Pocono this weekend. And we'll discuss all of that, but you know, that's kind of where we're at, Joe. Is that we're we have to hope that these things can happen. We have to mm-hmm. hope the games can happen, but there is no certainty at this point for anything. And especially okay, yeah. in, te- in Texas, where this where this moron says that he's welcoming the <laughs> fans in. I mean, it's like <laughs> we can, we can't even get the players to uh, not test positive. But you want the fans there right now? You know, talk to me in September after two months uh... of this, maybe.
0: Yeah, well, they, they don't have a perspective. They should come up to New York and New Jersey and talk to all the nurses and doctors who are working over here, these crazy shifts and things like that the last two and a half months. Uh, it's They just don't have the perspective. Perspective is everything in life. And last night, our perspective kind of changed. You know, we got baseball back and then almost right after we heard the Charlie Blackman news, so it was like, yeah, oh, and that's difficult. It's difficult to deal with, but on a lighter note, Uh, I actually got to talk uh, yesterday with a friend of mine who was uh, two years ago, the winner of Scott Fishbowl. And it turns out he was the guy that leaked the video of Dallas Goddard getting, uh, you know what, in the face, in the bar. Uh, Turns out it was a friend of his that had the video and he was able to leak it on his Twitter. And uh, did you know that the man who hit Dallas Goddard was indeed a a Florida man? I thought you'd enjoy that. Was it? Oh, I know, I didn't know that. He was indeed. So Florida man strikes again, even in a pandemic. We've always got a Florida man story here on Fantasy Sports Today, and I love that. And I had, as soon as I heard it last night, I was finishing up a podcast with him, and he told me, and I said, look at that. I can't wait to tell Craig tomorrow. Florida so man. there's a little glimmer of of sunshine there in your rainy cloud, potentially, of uh, of COVID-19. Look at that. Florida man. There can't be beat. It. Florida can't man, take is it
1: back. back. I'm waiting for Florida man stories. Yesterday was 100 degrees in South Florida, the hottest day on record here. So... Anyway, coming up next is time for this day in Fantasy Sports History and our Fantasy Sports Birthdays. We got Matt Sells on NASCAR, John Sheeran from the FanDuel Sports Book, and Craig and Joe here with you until one o'clock Eastern. And we're back on Fantasy Sports today in just two minutes. Don't go away.
3: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia. We're closing out the month of June in style. Of course, congratulations to all of our friends over at SportsGrid and also at FanDuel as we have a brand new partnership. You could read all about it. Brand new press release that came out a couple of days ago. As we're partnering up with FanDuel permanently, they are our sports book of choice here on SportsGrid. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Whatever show you watch, whether it's Gabe Morrency, whether it is the morning after, whether it is the early line, fantasy sports today, and of course... King Scott Farrell over on uh, Coast to Coast. There's no doubt that we are going to be heavily focused on FanDuel. And uh, I've been a part of FanDuel for a long time. I know, Joe, you have as well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, worth mentioning here at the top. Uh, by the way, John Sheeran, the director of the FanDuel Sportsbook. You guys want an edge as to what FanDuel may be offering? You're going to get it here on this show coming up in a few minutes.
0: Very exciting stuff. Yeah, it's funny how... The uh, the FanDuel wagon seems to have circled back to Craig Mission. Here we are again? somehow. It's it's amazing. It's funny, uh, you know. It's uh, I worked for them directly when they had uh, content years ago, back in 2015, and it was uh, it was actually a very good experience. And I'm um, looking forward to working with everybody over there again. I know it's a new regime, but uh, I've always thought the uh, the platform was outstanding, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing DFS baseball because I tell you, Craig, that's the baseball I want to get into. That's the baseball with no commitment. I could just go in there. That's the day. Those are the players. This is how I feel. I know everybody's healthy, at least for that moment, right up until the first pitch. And then we're OK with that. It's the season long baseball where and you know what? Maybe this is going to turn the tide too. or more people who never played DFS baseball before. But once they're their baseball fantasy because they're going to start looking for it on places like FanDuel. And I think they're going to find it and I think they're going to like it.
1: All right, so let's get started. This day in fantasy sports history for the 25th of June, 2020. We'll start in 1997, a transcendent pick in the history of the NBA. You have Tim Duncan, the first overall pick by the San Antonio Spurs. You may wonder, wait a second, how in the world did the Spurs get Duncan if they had Robinson and Sean Elliott and all these great players in the 90s? Well, they were all hurt for a year. <laughs> That's what happened. They All of them missed the whole year. And tanking began with the San Antonio Spurs in 1996. This was the first edition of tanking in sports, and it played out perfectly. They get Duncan, (laughs) they they win six NBA championships, or four, or whatever the number was, and uh, Duncan becomes a Hall of Famer, one of the quietest players and Hall of Famers that we've ever seen, but certainly uh, one of the best to ever play the game.
0: Yeah, I was a huge fan, still am, of Tim Duncan. Like, this is just, I don't know, this is kind of what you want your kid to grow up like. Just a really solid class person who is really good at what they do. Except for the fouls. That was the one thing that was
1: really annoying with him.
0: Uh, That's fair enough. Every time
1: he got fouled, he was like... Uh, Well... every time it's it's kind of
0: like the brady thing too everybody touches brady freaks out you know that the great ones are looking for calls
1: but beyond that he was one of the greatest players that we've ever
0: seen yeah just a class act and a class player and an incredible talent too and maybe maybe he doesn't get nearly the credit he should when we talk about the all-time legendary players because he was a little bit on the quieter side like he didn't stir up controversy there wasn't a you know a michael jordan scandal with the gambling there wasn't a dennis rodman scandal with His, his craziness wearing, you know, uh, wedding dresses and signing books and all kinds of things and dating Madonna. Like he was just, yep, yeah, I'm just gonna go to work and play basketball and win championships. And I think that's pretty cool. And uh, it's kind of like in that Barry Sanders mold too. Like the guys who just kind of went about their business, you know, unfortunately for Barry, didn't win as many titles there as Tim Duncan right. or any, but like, I, I love those kind of players. And I think we should celebrate them too because there's something about the blue collar superstar that I think we could uh, we could stand to have a little bit more sure. of nowadays. yeah. yeah.
1: Well, uh, with the pandemic happening, you know, we've been talking a lot about sports cards. And um, this next subject is one that I'm kind of curious about because, uh, you know, I've I've dabbled in it the last three months, like buying, you know, a few cards here and there for two bucks, three bucks. You know, maybe the guy gets in the Hall of Fame. And this next name is one that I'm that I'm interested in where he goes from where he is. Because Blake Griffin, at the time that he was drafted, was an absolute superstar uh, by the for the Clippers. Uh, First overall pick in the draft, it looked like six years in that this guy was a surefire, bona fide Hall of Famer. And you know what? I mean, maybe he still is. I don't know. But he's got to come back and play. And I know he's had all kinds of uh, injury history, and and now he's trying to make it with uh, with the Pistons. But, you know, I think the Clippers would look back on this pick and say it was a huge success. They didn't win a lot with him, but it wasn't necessarily his fault. But I did not think that the that the career trajectory would be what it is right now, and he's sort of teetering on, you know, trying to fix himself up here.
0: Yeah, he is, and I don't think the Clippers look at it as a as a bust pick or anything like that. Oh, he was great. But yeah, he was terrific. Um, but look, you know, we we all are rooting for those players, and you know, careers are funny things. You know, I, I always think about Grant Hill. I always think about a guy who was just a tremendous player, incredible college career, great start to an NBA career. And then it just disappeared because of injuries and and just one after the other after the other. And uh, I always I feel for that player because you could tell that there's something you know that's that they didn't quite achieve that they wanted to and and that wasn't their dream. It wasn't good enough for them just to play because you knew how good they really were. They wanted to be transcendent because they had transcendent talent. And transcendent talent does not grow on trees. It's not something you find every day. So I'm rooting for him. Hopefully he does get back and uh, maybe there's a second wind here at the end. We'll
1: see. Tim Duncan, second year in the league, wins the title with the Spurs. They beat the Knicks four <laughs> games to one, and then we'll stop there, so we don't, you know, give more pain for Knicks fans. <laughs> 2010, one of the epic no hitters of all time, and it just goes to show you that not everybody that throws 150 pitches in a game is ruined because Edwin Jackson, after throwing 149 pitches in a no hitter for the Diamondbacks, and I remember a year after that, two years, oh, it's over for Edwin Jackson. This guy went on to play for another nine years with like eight teams in major league baseball uh we caught him here in miami for like uh, you know a hot second and then he went on to beat the marlins later on in the year with the padres ironically kind of a strange deal but it just goes to show you it's like yeah there's certainly that chance of that and you don't want to see guys being abused with their arm but it doesn't always necessarily mean a guy's career is going to be over like we always discuss with a guy like johan santana edwin jackson went on to pitch another decade
0: he did if Edwin Jackson had come up now in this era of baseball somebody would have converted him into a reliever right away and I think he would have had a much better career as a reliever than as a starting pitcher I always thought that when he came up I thought this was a guy who was really good for like three innings and then you would see just like guys would just kind of beat on him and he wasn't able to put guys away then but that, that first couple of like innings you he had a little bit of spark there and I think if he had gone and become a closer he would have actually had a better major league career unfortunately it's funny we're talking about no hitters I know on Diamond Bets on Sunday we're talking about no hitters as well and one of the no hitters i was highlighting was andy hawkins and the four nothing loss no hitter that people forget all the winds swirling around old comiskey park Greg jesse barfield dropping balls jim laritz in left field dropping balls next thing you know poor andy hawkins has a no hitter and a loss for nothing one of the craziest no hitters you'll ever see
1: and then we'll end with another draft 2015 carl anthony towns first overall pick by the minnesota timberwolves and clearly one of the top players in the nba and uh He's a phenomenal player right now, so uh, hopefully he continues to uh, play well for the uh, for the Timberwolves. All right, uh, this day in fantasy sports birthdays for June the 25th. We'll start off with Willis Reed in 1942, the iconic moment of him coming back on the court and helping the Knicks mentally end up winning a championship. 1964, Del Curry, great sharpshooter with the Charlotte Hornets and, of course, One of the uh, most famous father son duos of all time. I'm guessing when it's all said and done, they're going to have the most. They probably already do have the most threes of all time.
0: (laughs) I would imagine so. I mean, they already
1: had had, (laughs) it. After the first year of Steph Curry playing, they probably had that. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1966, Dikembe Mutombo. 1972, yep, there's the finger. 1972, uh, Carlos Delgado, very underrated player in his day, playing for the Blue Jays and Mets and uh, a cup of coffee with the Marlins as well. 1978. Speaking of underrated, Aramis Ramirez, a name that we don't say that often anymore because he's been out of the league for a few years. But you could plug him in at third base in your fantasy team, get your 25, 30 home runs with the Cubs, yep. and count on that because that's that's who he was. And then Matt Schaub, I had to look it up to make sure. Yep, he's still in the NFL. He is. He's
0: 1981. still 1981. And and this is why I say to you, Craig, when you ask me where's a good spot for Kaepernick, I say Atlanta because Matt Schaub is still there. Fair enough. He's still there. He's 110 years old, still hanging on. But God bless Matt Shaw. But happy birthday, brother. Uh, Aramis Ramirez, you're absolutely right. A very enigmatic personality, according to some people that I know. Uh, but uh, I'll say this. You're right about him, man. You could absolutely put him in an ink for 25, 30 dingers and 90 RBI. And just the guy was a beast. And Carlos Delgado, you know, this is one of the great RBI men of his generation. the The ability to drive in runs is a lost art form. Understanding how, when a guy's on second base or third base, how to get that run in and really, you know, focus the brain, focus the bat, either getting sack flies, either driving the ball to the right side of the field in order to get the guy in from second base. There's there's an art form to driving in runs. And Carl Delgado is one of these guys who could have 130 RBI season. I loved when he came over to the Mets. He was an absolute beast there right the in back. the middle of that order. And we forget, you know, that – that was the last time as a Med fan that I really felt like, oh, my gosh, we got a future. You know, 2015 was a fun little run, but I knew it was you know, full of fool's gold. But back in 05, 06, that time, man, I was really excited because you had young Jose Reyes. You had David Wright. You had Beltran, Carlos Delgado. That Cliff was quite Lloyd. a lineup. Yeah, Cliff Floyd as well on that team. Uh, and unfortunately, it just did not happen. One Adam Wainwright, 12-6 breaking ball. The next thing you know, it's all downhill from there pretty much. we were uh, close. Just- Oh yeah, well let's let's talk about the close because two years in a row against your Marlins, having to lose there on the last day of the season, especially yeah, the last day tough. of Shea Stadium, with Man. every single great Met out there—the Keith Hernandez of the world, the Gary Cards, all these guys, uh, Tom Seaver, as you know, is a great Met—and <laughs> all of them, all-time, all of them out red. there, all of them out there, only to lose, and you could see the look on their face of just disappointment and dismay, and oh uh, God, that. That was the worst. I don't think I've ever felt more just disdain in my life for a team in a moment than that team that year. Closing out a ballpark and losing and not going to the playoffs on the last day of the season. Just just absolutely dreadful. But you know what? Delgado, a lot of people forget, came up as a catcher. A lot of people forget he was a converted guy there. And in your mind.
1: uh, Super underrated player.
0: And in your mind, who are some of the great RBI guys that you remember? Whether it's this generation or you know even currently playing in baseball, because I feel like that's one of those things that you know Juan Albert Gonzalez was, was that Albert Bell. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a yeah. really good one.
1: Yeah, I've told the Delgado story probably on this show before. If I haven't, then then too I'll too bad. Tell it again. You're but all here. I, think, it I, I think I told it once. Was he was with the Marlins and it was his first year. And it was probably April or May. I don't know. It was the old stadium. And I had an interview set up with him. It was a one-on-one interview for, uh, for a TV show. It was like 10, 15 minutes. They basically told me, like, look, we've told him about the interview. If he, do- if he wants to do it, he doesn't, and if he doesn't, then he doesn't. And I'm like, all right. They're like, but you could just sit and wait, you know, because that's what you do. So I sat in the dugout. Delgado's taking BP, smashing everything, you know. I'm li- and then, like, I could sense he's getting done, you know. like, And I'm like, ah, I guess he doesn't want to do the interview. So I'm just sitting there, sitting there. I'm getting ready to get up. He hits the last one. It goes off the wall. He runs to second base. He's on second base. And out of nowhere, the guy screams Craig Bish! Craig Bish! Let's go. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I, I, it, it was like weird. It was like like in front of everybody. He just like screams my name. And then we sat down and we did a, a fine interview. for. Yeah, I have not but heard like, that
0: story. So it's new to me. That's all yeah, I like, about.
1: Yeah, like literally standing on second base. He just screams my name. Let's go. Like, I'm ready. <laughs> like, okay, I'm ready too. I've been sitting here for like an hour. All right. Uh, we got to take a quick break here on the show. Uh, don't go away, folks. John Sheeran from
3: FanDuel joins us next.
0: Get on the grid.
1: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It certainly is an exciting time for people who love baseball, and I'm sure it is also for FanDuel and the director of the FanDuel Sportsbook, John Sheeran, is gonna join us now have a little interesting conversation in terms of where FanDuel sits with baseball and even potentially with some of the other sports. It's sort of a, a new world we're all living in uh, on every end, content, wagering, uh, daily fantasy, everything as well. John, thanks for coming on once again. It's great to see you again.
2: How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Great to be back.
1: Yeah, it's uh, and, and certainly we're excited, of course, to be uh, having the partnership with you guys over at FanDuel and uh, you know certainly the content that you guys have uh, helped us out with uh, drives a lot of our show. And, and John, I, I suppose that the first direction that we would go with this is my first love, which is, of course, Major League Baseball. You know, I've been logging on to the FanDuel Sportsbook uh, every day, checking odds. And, it, and it's sort of been like the same uh, stuff, you know, looking at the team to win the the World Series and the pennant. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, some creative wagering was popped up in, in terms of what percent a Major League Baseball team may win their games in 2020. And so I would ask you kind of where things stand right now and when we could expect to have a plethora of opportunity like we do potentially with the NFL.
2: Uh, Yeah, it's a good question. I think we've been working through the nuances of kind of what we expected 2020 to look like from an MLB season perspective. Initially, uh, we'd revised a lot of our markets when it became obvious it was going to be a shortened season. Uh, That kind of requirement was a 75-game Scenario. So all of the markets that we had published in the last few weeks had that um, requirement. And obviously that's not going to be met now. So all of those bets have been void and those funds should be back in everybody's wallets. Uh, what we are working through in kind of the last 24 hours, and the next 24 hours, is getting regulators comfortable with our rules for the new season, uh, obviously being shortened to 60 games. So we'll amend our rules accordingly and make sure that the way that we uh, price the markets is considered uh, and then give everybody visibility of what that looks like. Uh, off the top of my head, we're expecting something in the region of 58-59 of the 60 games uh, okay. to be played for the bets to be action uh, on the regular season and a lot of the player markets around home runs and strikeouts. We manage them carefully on a game-to-game basis if we do think that there's a risk of a resurgence in lockdown and, and potential for that to be shortened. But what we're looking at right now is about a 50% uh, requirement for those bets to be action as well. We will try and, you know, rule in the customer's favor, Craig, everywhere we can. We try to be fair to everybody, and particularly in a world where the landscape can change so quickly. Uh, But we expect to be able to build all of those markets out once we get those rules updated and get regulators sign off. So expect that kind of the end of this week, early next week, hopefully.
1: Oh, okay. Well, we'll be checking for that for sure. And I'll be using a lot of that uh, on my shows here. Uh, John, I, I think that people would be curious with your background in, in terms of wagering. And I know here in the States, uh, you know, baseball is is definitely more of a primary sport potentially than than some other places as well. And, and I know this is sort of a, also a new world for FanDuel now being legal in so many different places. It may not be the easiest question to answer, but uh, are there a lot of betting enthusiasts for baseball? Do you see, did you see last year Uh, an uptick in daily and people logging on. Do you think that this year there will be a lot of interest? Is that the sort of uh, thing that you would expect for 2020?
2: Absolutely. I mean, baseball is a core sport here in the U.S. It's quite popular in Europe and in Australia, where obviously our brand has kind of grown from under the flutter umbrella. So um, it's never been the number one sport in terms of U.S. sports internationally and therefore we felt like we had a lot of ground to make up when we landed in the u.s we felt like the nfl and the nba product offering was in a really good shape but we definitely wanted to invest in baseball Uh, we've done that and hopefully have uh, a new baseball model that will have another a lot of new content uh, a lot more at bat scenarios and giving customers the opportunity to interact with player betting a lot more than the kind of culturally standard you know totals and sides that everybody's used to so I expect that to be a pretty exciting launch and and definitely the trajectory is is steep with with baseball in America. Obviously, uh, this season it's going to compete with at least one other, if not two or three other core sports, which is kind of unusual, especially for the regular season, as we all know. Uh, So I think that's a new challenge for baseball, but I don't see baseball fans going too far away, Craig.
1: Yeah, and, and and the creativity that you guys have is tremendous, and I'm seeing a lot of that uh, in pro football, and and certainly when you were on the show a couple of weeks ago, we talked about some of the other sports and the transparency of it, saying, hey, look, I mean, we're trying to keep content active. We're, you know, we're t- not talking about people max betting out on ping pong and things of that nature. It's just we're trying to engage people who like to wager on sports. And so you mentioned some of the potential pitfalls with baseball, and certainly. Uh, we know that, you know, players are going to test positive. There are going to be issues with that. And and you guys, as, as you mentioned, 75-game season is out, so you're already having to refund there. Um, you know, just kind of off the beaten path here, John, I know golf uh, over the last 24 to 48 hours is sort of seeing something that a lot of people are predicting will happen with some of the other sports where we've had uh, essentially it feels like 30 or 40 percent of the top players in the field are pulling out either over worries or testing positive for uh, the coronavirus. So, uh, internally, how are you guys handling that? Is it something that, you know, I know you always have to watch markets, but, I mean, that was always the trajectory of players, individual
2: performances and scores. How do you do it with this? Look, I don't think we can do an awful lot. Um, It kind of is what it is, and, and we don't really consider it until it's, you know, certain. Because you can speculate and guess about what the impact of, you know, one of the teams suffering uh, way worse in terms of the pandemic and the spread of it than others. But effectively, you know, we're going to trust the teams and the players, the leagues, to communicate in real time what the situation is. Uh, I think golf is a good test case for us. We can see the struggles that they're having on the PGA Tour of potentially maybe even coming back too soon. I know the European Tour doesn't come back for another four weeks. And when you see the struggles that the PGA Tour are having right now, Uh, As recently as today with numerous tests coming back positive, I think it's definitely a challenge. We'll monitor it very closely, but I think largely we'll leave that to the experts to concentrate on, and we'll concentrate on doing our job day to day and trying to come up with precise probabilities of things happening and leave that to to Dr. Fossey and others. Yeah,
1: and I I think that that's going to be important for all of us as we discuss wagering and we discuss content. Um, Give us a little bit of a preview if you wouldn't mind John some of the things that potentially that we could be seeing over uh, at the sportsbook. I mean, I'm a frequent visitor It's part of my daily routine even though I'm here in Florida. It's part of what I do uh, For my show and I think that there are a lot of people who are watching out there that may be interested to know What FanDuel may have in store for the next 30 or 60 days?
2: Yeah I mean baseball specifically We look to build out a lot of the product that you would have seen last year and that you would have seen at the start of this year so we look at home runs and strikeouts for pitchers. We look at, you know, all the batting averages that we can come up with. Obviously with a restriction around the 60 game and making sure that, you know, what we're offering is sensible because the last thing betters want to do is place a bet and, you know, get through three or four weeks of regular season and have the bet void. And we're all left where we started from. Unfortunately, a lot of it's out of our control, um, but we'll do the best we can to kind of build out that product offering to give people the choice that we spoke about when we, when I was on previously. In addition to that, I think we touched on the model. You know, we have a new model that we've invested almost 12 months in delivering, and we hope to have that at some stage this season delivered. And again, that really center around uh, things like at-bats, as I said earlier. So individual plays in baseball on a play-by-play basis where we can, where we've time. And I think they're they're going to be super excited. I think betters will be excited to see that differentiator that we hope to deliver before anybody else. Is that um,
1: specifically, as it pertains to that, is that like what we would call like a pitch-by-pitch? Yeah. Yeah, where we're waiting. I mean, I I know that that's something that we've talked about, you know, honestly, John, that, you know, that I'm glad you guys are coming up with this. I, I thought Major League Baseball should have had this idea many years ago. I mean, you're sitting in a ballpark, you have a phone... And what's better than just popping open the phone sitting next to a friend and just constantly clicking, you know, and going throughout the game? And I'm not, I'm not talking about betting $10,000 on a pitch, but, I mean, you have the ability to stay engaged the
2: whole game. Absolutely. I mean, we're obviously reliant on a number of outside factors that we can't control, and we try and work closely with the leagues to kind of improve things like latency and the feed providers that we use to power our models. And, you know, in a world where we had all that, all of the access to all of that data in real time— then I think we'd be in strong positions to have already delivered that. So uh, what I can say is that the leagues are working hard to try and make sure that we do deliver that, that they do deliver that, and that we're able to build what we want to build on it. I think it's in everybody's interest, and I think, like you said, from a recreational betting perspective, that's what people want. People want to be able to bet for something for fun, that then see the outcome pretty soon, on, and not maybe you know sit there for four hours and just have you know, a, a money
1: line or a, a total run bet, for example. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, you, you can make that money line bet and then in-game you could be hedging yeah. yourself all along the way and finding opportunities to make money there. Uh, John, before you go, uh, we haven't touched on the NBA at all. I know that there there are, uh, you know, plenty of opportunities right now in FanDuel in, in terms of the last eight games of the season and then you know, strictly some futures odds as well. Would we expect to see a lot more as we get closer there uh, to the NBA? Or are you guys sticking with the game plan that you have right now?
2: No, look, we'll offer, again, choice everywhere we can. We're, you know, obviously waiting final confirmation that everything's a go. We expect that to be the case. The latest update that we had from the league is that they're positive in relation to continuing. I know some of the players have voiced concerns, but we'll do everything we can to build out our, our product offering and give people that choice before the season starts. All
1: right. Well, we'll look forward to it, John. Uh, thank you so much once again for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I-, I know it's it's you know really monumental for us here at SportsGrid to have partners like you guys over at FanDuel. And um, it, cer- it certainly means a lot to us because, uh, you know, I had a partnership uh, previously with FanDuel about 10 years ago on the Daily Fantasy side, hosting a show uh, for you guys about fantasy football on the terrestrial side. Uh, and on the satellite side. And now to be here with you guys on the TV side with really the premier uh, sports betting television network in the country is really exciting as well. So I'm looking forward to continuing
2: that, John. So it should be great. Thanks, Craig. We're all excited to do it too. I think, you know, the platform that you guys give us to be able to funnel content in front of uh, viewers is is key and and kind of a key strategy that we're looking to build on as we move forward. So thanks for all your help. Yep, for
1: sure. All right, John Sheeran, the director of the FanDuel Sportsbook here with us. On Sports Grid, make sure you go over to the FanDuel Sportsbook, folks. I can't stress this enough. For those of you who see us on this show every day discussing the content and think, oh my gosh, like I can't bet on FanDuel yet because it's not legal in my state, you can still go to the Sportsbook and see all the odds. Remember 10 years ago when you would click on sports betting odds and you were just trying to find them? Well, FanDuel has them all for you. All you got to do is do a quick Google or just type in the website directly and and it'll take you right in there and you can see all of the live odds that they have posted for you it's something i highly recommend and it's part of my daily regime here on fantasy sports today we'll be back with plenty more joe pisapia back in the house as we return here on fst on sports grid in just two minutes don't go away
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Okay, welcome back. Thanks again to John Sheeran for coming on the show. You can head on over to the FanDuel Sportsbook, take a look at some of the possible options for the 2000. 2000- And 20, NFL season, which is fast approaching in a few months, hopefully. And one of the things that we've been discussing here on the show are the possibility of some teams making the NFL playoffs. If you go back and watch all of our shows during the week on our YouTube channel and subscribe to the YouTube channel, you can see us on demand talk about the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers and some of the other teams in the NFL. We're sort of focusing on on really value bets here with the 2020 season and meaning we're not really going to do the Baltimore Ravens with a, you know, minus 400 to make the playoffs or plus 800 to not, because we all understand at this point, that's the general consensus. And we're not really educating you at all by telling you to do one thing or the other. Cause we would be guessing that something either really crazy would have to happen for them not to make it. And it's not really a good bet to lay minus 400 to win hundred dollars on a team, just to make the playoffs, find yourself some better options. If that is the case so the two teams that we're going to talk about today, ironically, are two teams that are uh, focused in on the Hard knock show that are coming up. And so why not pair them together for today's show as well? And We start off with the Los Angeles Chargers. And here are their odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook as it stands right now. The yes is plus 148. So to dive into this a little bit more carefully, so those of you who don't understand, here's how it works. If you go to the FanDuel Sportsbook and you bet $100 on the Chargers to make the playoffs and they make it, you win $148. That's why the line is plus 148. I hate when people just simply give out the lines and make the assumption that everybody knows what they're talking about. I don't care if it's sports grid or if it's life or anything else. A lot of you don't understand, and I want to give you a full explanation. So I'm sorry if you do understand and you're like, why are you wasting your time? This is something that I like to do because it's very frequently that I talk to people that have watched the show for the first time, and they say, Craig, I'm not into sports betting at all. But I like your banter. I like the fact that you and Joe go back and forth on the show. And so for those of you who don't know, I'm educating you here as well. Plus 148 on the yes. Now the no is minus 182. So you're risking $182 to win 100. That is not a great bet either. There's not a lot of value there. But that's kind of the way that it's laid out here at uh, FanDuel. And certainly FanDuel is indicating to you that the Chargers in all likelihood will not make the playoffs. And... If you go back over the last decade, since 2010, they only have two playoff appearances in 2013 and 2018. They have fallen short a lot. They've had a lot of injuries as well. And it doesn't seem like they're headed in the direction of the playoffs here in 2020. But, you know, stranger things have happened. Will strange things happen and the Chargers
0: sneak in this year? Joe, I ask Uh, you, will it uh, happen? Uh, honestly, I can't see it. Uh, you know, I think Tyrod Taylor is a decent enough quarterback to kind of bridge the gap here before Herbert eventually takes over. And I think you will see him at some point in the season, but really that offensive line is the biggest issue. And I understand that you were down on Philip Rivers, uh, his performance last year, even though he did throw for well over 4,000 yards last year statistically, but now you're putting in a quarterback who is not nearly as good as Philip Rivers. And now you're asking him to play in front of a line that has gotten more Quantity, but not necessarily more quality on the offensive line front. So they're trying to throw a lot of things out there and seeing what sticks. And I, whenever you have a lot of new personnel on offensive line too, that's not always the best thing. It takes a little while for those guys to gel. So I, I'm very much about understanding that winning at the line is scrimmage. And that is what some of the great teams are built on. It's why I like the Colts so much, because I think that offensive line is so good. And same thing goes on the defensive side of the football too. You have a good defensive front, man. You can really control a football game that way. I don't see the Chargers being that kind of team. They've dealt with a ton of injuries. Now look, the good news is they do have two very good wide receivers. Um, we'll see what Eckler is now that he is going to be the guy. And I think to be the guy with Tyrod Taylor as quarterback, as opposed to Phil Rivers is a little different of a task you're asking. So I, I just feel like this is a team that's still in transition and not a playoff team. I think that the Chargers are going to be looking up for a very long time in this division at the chiefs. I really do. And I think that you have two other teams in this division in Denver and oakland who might have a better chance to make the playoffs than they do i really feel that way i think denver's done a lot for this offense including bringing in new oc we'll see how that works out uh with the raiders you know i think that's the, the juice of a new place potentially being in vegas and having all that underneath them and i think that sometimes gives teams a little bit of a bump now obviously no crowd that's going to be different but we'll see what happens as we get closer for me, I think this is a, a no. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't know if I love this line because, like you're saying, 182 to win 100 doesn't seem like a, a, what you want to be doing necessarily with your money.
1: Yeah, there's not there's not a ton of value there, and I agree and I agree on this one. Um, but this is this is where you and I like just don't see eye to eye, and I don't understand your thought process here. Okay. Uh, because I, I agree with you on the idea of the Chargers. Okay, but I mean, let's bring this graphic up again. Since 2000, look at this graphic, Joe. Since 2010, Mm
3: -hmm. the
1: Chargers have made the playoffs twice. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. Rivers has been the quarterback of this team for the past 10 years. Yeah. So why all of a sudden is he just going to magically turn the Colts into a really good team or or even a playoff team? I'm not buying it. Like, the guy has not won ever.
0: Ever. Ever. the Colts were basically a playoff team before Andrew Luck decided he wasn't going to play anymore. And it's I think Andrew Luck is great. Yeah, but I think when you're looking at the Chargers and their woes, you have to understand that this was a team that did compete towards the end of those years, a team that did was relevant, Ten I would years, say. Two two yeah. playoff appearances. Two. No. I, I understand what you're saying, and, the, and I can't, I'm not going to argue about it, but you have to look at what happened during that period. You're talking what about from 2000, well, the Denver Broncos happened at first, because Peyton Manning was there for a couple of those years, if you forget, Nine going to wins,
1: Super Bowl. Joe gets you in a lot of times. A
0: lot of times, but in the AFC in those days, it didn't always, because you were, had the, the Broncos during that period with Peyton Manning, who were very good. You had Tom Brady and the Patriots, who were all winning 12 games. They so those winning 12-14. Right, I'm what I'm saying is, would, I will go back and I'll, to, teams, excuse me. and I'll find teams, I'll find Eight you also They've had and
1: eight. some other team was 9 and 7.
0: And in that eight. decade in the in the tens or the teens whatever you want to call them, you also had um the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs every single year. The Ravens pretty much in the uh, playoffs every single year. So I just named you four teams, which means there's only two other They're spots. They're not even
1: open. in their division.
0: I'm not saying in the division, but to make the playoffs- So why didn't they win the division ever? What I'm saying is because there were so many good teams out. There were so many elite teams. There was only, everybody else was fighting for two spots. So two of those years, they made those spots. I'm just saying. It's not that I thought I'd say the Chargers are a great team. That Philip Rivers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But from a fantasy perspective, it's foolish not to look at the 40, 4,500, 4,600, 4,300 yards every year. He's throwing 25 plus touchdowns every year. He's throwing for 4,000 yards. Derek Carr doesn't even have a 4,000 yard season to his name, and people want to anoint him a couple of years ago. It's crazy. So what I'm saying is about Philip Rivers is you're dropping him to a team with a good offense, a, a good offensive line, a good defense. And I just think they have the potential, especially in a soft division, to be good. Because we just talked about the division yesterday, I think. That's not a very good division. The, the Houston Texans are a mess.
1: They'll be 8-8, eight and eight, just like they've been. All
0: right, well, with, we'll find out. We'll find Rivers out. Or... But I'll, I'll tell you what. If you think that this Charger team can win eight games, I think you're nuts. Especially without Phillip Rivers. I do not think that's happening. Not even close. I think, that,
1: I think they may be better without
0: him. Well, I guess we'll find out, my friend. What makes right. you think they'll be better without them? Because I don't think he's very good. Okay, fair enough.
1: I mean, I, I mean, all I'm looking at is the numbers from last year. I think at once upon a time, he was a, a, a great quarterback in the NFL, and I'll agree that he's had some bad luck along the way, but you named me all of the teams that he didn't even have to face off with all the time. Like, I mean, Denver a couple times, sure, but-
0: Denver, Well, what I'm saying is Denver good. owned that division. But they haven't been good in five years, five years. at least. Right. And and right after Denver owned that division, who owned that division? The Chiefs have owned that division for the last four years. Well, he why out not the Smith Chargers? There. Why not the Chargers then? Why? Why not the Chargers? Let's see. Melvin Gordon got hurt every year at the end of the year, whenever they were pushing That's for not the true. playoffs. What Every. do you mean that's like, do you want me to pull that up? Because I will, and I don't want to like throw it in your face, but it's true. Believe me, I have enough Melvin Gordon shares and trademarks on my back from ownership uh, roster percentages of him, uh, of of games where he was really good, and all of a sudden he doesn't play in the playoffs. You can go back, in fact, just a couple years ago to when that happened. So it's not like it doesn't happen. Melvin Gordon's missed significant chunks in the season before, unfortunately, but it's true, and also the defense hasn't been very good. So the offense has carried that team, but the defense of the Chargers is not very
1: good. This guy.
0: All right. <laughs> and you're making too many excuses why he can't be good. I think you're just being too negative on him. The reason why
1: he can't be good is because he wasn't good last year. Why is this all I need? What do I need more than that? I don't know. I'm gonna going to look at Last see. year, hmm. the most recent year for a 42-year-old quarterback. I don't know. 2018,
0: 4,300 yards, 32 touchdowns, 12 picks. That's a pretty good year from a quarterback. 2017, 4,500 yards, last 28 year? touchdowns, 10. Last year it was down, but he still threw for 4,600 yards that year. What did Winston? Oh, Stop. Winston threw for 30 picks. He threw for 20. I understand uh, it was a down year. I get it. Like, and and, and I understand it's that. coming again. Let's see. Phil before that, let's see. And, 4,700 yards, 29 touchdowns in 2015. They were not a playoff team. Do you want to blame that on Rivers? What more does Rivers have to I, do? I, I,
1: could, I could run three miles, two five years ago. You know, it's a different. Uh, uh, the guys done. Well, I'm, I'm uh, talking
0: about these years you're talking about where they don't make the playoffs. That's all I'm talking about. And they're there. I know you got another team here. You want to transition? Because no one's going to agree with each other here. But it's uh, fine. Okay, it's the fun Rams. Yeah,
1: the Rams. We're, we're going to agree to disagree on that one. That's fine. The Rams, to make the playoffs, yes, minus 130, no, play, uh, plus 160. I thought this was a surprising line, and so that I had to take a closer look, and now I realize why. Uh, outside of the Lions, the Rams were the unluckiest team in the NFL last year, so I have to change my opinion on them. They lost four games by a total of 14 points, including three games last year when they lost the last play of the game. Wow, I didn't realize all of that. FanDuel is telling you the Rams may make the playoffs. I thought that there was no shot. I thought they had an overrated roster, but looking deeper into the numbers, I'll probably pass on it. But I'm definitely not as bullish on the no as I, as I was before I looked into it a little deeper. I don't
0: know if I'm bullish on the no, but I'm definitely leaning towards the no because I think they are definitely behind the 49ers. Uh, defensively, the 49ers are a much better team. Uh, I think that the Seahawks are going to surprise people this year of how good they might be. And I'll tell you what, those Cardinals, man, uh, I, you know, if there's one team that everybody every year, nobody's really expecting a team to kind of be really good, it could be the Cardinals. They still have some issues on the defensive side of the football, but can they do enough with the momentum they create on offense, with the amount of plays they run, with the kind of momentum swing that a player like Kyler Murray can offer, a player like DeAndre Hopkins can offer, it's very possible. And to me, I'm looking at the Rams and I feel like the windows closed. They have a ton of cap issues. You look at the roster, it's top heavy. You got stars like Aaron Donald. You got a lot of money tied in golf. And then you have a lot of question marks. You have a whole lot of question marks. Is Cam Akers going to step forward and be that running back? Is it going to be Henderson? Is it going to be a committee? Uh, there's a lot of things undefined about the Rams. And when you look at the roster, it is, I don't want to say stars and scrubs, but stars and scrubs. And I think that is an issue in the NFL because when you have an injury to a star, All of a sudden, basically, it shines a light on who's left, and it's not always a good thing depending on how the team is constructed. I give them credit. They tried everything they could. They've made trades. They've been aggressive in the draft. They've done everything to try to win now, but I think like some other teams, sometimes that window closes, and once it closes, kind of like uh, you saw with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars a few years ago. That window was there, and then it shut. And they've been kind of treading water ever since. I'm a little bit worried. The same things happened there for the Rams. I'm a no plus 160. Eh, it's not awful, but uh, I just think that they are the fourth best team potentially in this division. I think they go finish last.
1: Yeah, I mean the yes is minus 130, and FanDuel's not giving away money, so um, I'm just going to pass on it and say that um, I'm not really sure that I have a good feeling on them, like I did before I looked at the odds and looked a little bit deeper. All right, uh, coming up next, I I don't think there's any question that a lot of people are really into NASCAR at this point. We had a great race on Monday night. What's coming up this weekend? Matt Sells will join us from Fantasy Alarm coming up after the break.